Remember last week when I told you that I was turning over a new leaf? My New Year's resolution was to be as positive as possible, especially when it came to Dennis Allen and the New Orleans Saints. Everything was going fine. The Saints were rolling, cruising to victory, 31-point victory. And then all of a sudden, only Dennis Allen could screw up the feelings and the emotions of Saints fans, who that's everywhere, in the course of, I don't know, 10 minutes. My opinion is completely flipped. I'm going to tell you why on Datitude, coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere, everywhere, out there, who have no problems whatsoever breaking New Year's Eve resolutions. Not New Year's Eve resolutions, New Year's resolutions. That's what I'm talking about. We're breaking resolutions, we don't care. We're gonna talk about what's right, what's wrong, and everything in between. Here on Datitude, episode number 203. We're a Monday, January the 8th, 2024. I'm Jim Derry, sports betting writer, Times Bikini Advocate, and bet.noah.com. Everything changed. Everything changed in the matter of just, I don't know, a couple of moments, really. We're going to play for you a piece of Dennis Allen's press clip. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you've kind of buried yourself in a hole since the Saints defeated the Falcons 41, uh, excuse me, 40, should have been, should have been 41, 48 to 17 in the Caesar Superdome to finish the 2023 season on Sunday. Finished 9-8. and eight. Then uh, they did not get the help they needed from the Carolina Panthers, nor did they get the help they needed from the Chicago Bears or the Arizona Cardinals. Kind of like we predicted, kind of like we said here last Friday. But you know what? We're going to get into that too because that wasn't meant to be. If you watched any of those three games, especially the Tampa Bay Carolina game. If you had that on another TV while you're watching, I did. I had it on the Red Zone channel, but probably spent more time watching Tampa Bay Carolina than anything else. It wasn't meant to, the football gods were not going to let the New Orleans Saints get in the playoffs. And I'm kind of okay with it now, especially with what I saw at the end. Again, I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. My opinion on Dennis Allen is completely different than it was, oh, I don't know, less than 24 hours ago. Already this morning, well, actually last night this morning, they didn't even let Arthur Smith, I don't even know if the dude got back on the plane, and I'm, I'm being dead serious. Did Arthur Smith get on the Falcons plane? We found out, like, the Bills-Dolphins game was over. I was coming back to my office to work on what I was going to say today. I wasn't even sitting in my seat yet. Here's the alert. Arthur Smith fired. Even more reason for what I'm about to say. 
Heads up, by the way, there are going to be some, uh, some cuss words in this show. If you have the kiddos with you, I'm just letting you know ahead of time, there are going to be some, uh, I guess, explicit is the right word to say. Not so much from me. I probably will sprinkle them in as I usually do. I'm, I'm going to try. I may actually, today, I may accidentally say a filth flaw and filth word. And if I do, I'm probably not going to go record over it. Every now and then I say one. I'm like, yeah, that's probably a little over the top, and I'll stop and I'll record over it. Not today. Whatever I say, I say. But that's not what I'm talking about. I got a clip coming up from Arthur Smith, who met Dennis Allen at uh, midfield. And the CBS mics were open. And they actually caught. I didn't catch this the first time. I saw it afterward. And I found it, and I clipped it out to play here. What Arthur Smith said to Dennis Allen. So here's where some explicit language from here to the end of the show, it may just pop up randomly. So if you don't want the kids to hear it, here's your warning. I mean, basically, Arthur Smith was calling Dennis Allen a little bitch. A guy that's about to be fired. A guy that is within 12 hours, not even 12 hours. A guy that is within, I mean, he had to find out at least an hour or two before we all found out, right? So a guy that is within eight hours of being axed, again, we don't even know if they let him back on the damn plane, is calling another NFL head coach a bitch. And you know what that bitch did? He took it. Yeah, I know, man. Terrible. In the matter of just a few moments, I've been taken up for Dennis Allen. Yeah, there were times when I got ticked off like every other person who's watched this team, frustrated that they didn't handle their business. But when you think about it realistically and why I thought it was the right thing to do, and I'm going to get into this. I'm going to get into why I thought Dennis, it was right for Dennis Allen to remain here for at least another year and to give him another chance. I'm going to get into that. But I don't think I can feel that way anymore. I mean, just think about it. Everything was there to change the minds of many Houdats who've been hating on this dude and been hating on their beloved saints for much of the past few months. Some of them even went as far to root for their team to lose. A lot of them did. They hated Dennis Allen. And I mean, let's throw him in there. I'm not going to rag on him today because I actually think Derek Carr proved a lot to me over the course of the last six weeks. I know a lot of you still hate Derek Carr. That's your opinion. It's fine. But just think of that. Some of the same dudes who wore dresses when pigs had flown, the Saints had won the NFC Championship game 14 years ago. They were saying they wanted their team to lose. They wanted their team to lose. So Gail Benson and Mickey Loomis would fire this dude and get a better draft pick that they probably wouldn't even know what to do with anyway. At some point, the Saints changed. I didn't know what to think. Dire Straits, trailing 21 to nothing to Detroit, beginning in December. There's more blue and silver than black and gold in the stands. Something happened, though. A team that looked lifeless suddenly woke up. They outscored the Lions 28 to 12 down the stretch, nearly won the game. But still, 5 and 7. Again, many of those rooting for this team throughout for their entire lives, some of them... 40, 50, 60 years old, thinking back to the days when 
bags were worn on Saints fans' heads, they were rooting for their team to lose. Maybe they were getting their wish. But you know what? The Saints came back. They won four out of five, as I said. They didn't just win the games. They demolished the Carolina Panthers 28-6. New York Giants 24-6. Tampa Bay to stay alive 23-13 on the road. And then yesterday's blowout. Everything looked like to me it was changing. I'm like, you know what? This is the team that I was talking about. This is the team that I thought the last two weeks especially against Tampa Bay, against Atlanta, against your division rivals. This is the team that I was talking about. This is the team I've been wanting to see. Maybe they can be this. And you know what? I'm thinking even if they can't be this, it's going to be a transition year. It is what it is. Maybe he's earned the right to stay. That is until he did just the, what I said, the unthinkable. Not only was he... Like I said, a little bitch. Yeah, we shouldn't have done I'm going to play the clip in just a minute. But then he went into the press game, post-game press conference and did something I didn't think, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say. He did multiple stupid, dumb, terrible, inexcusable things in the course of about 90 seconds or less. You know that last touchdown? I mean, you, most of you know this by now. Jamal Williams scores. They're in victory formation. Instead of kneeling down on it, Jameis hands it to Jamal Williams. What that, you know what that touchdown did besides give Jamal Williams his only touchdown of the year, which he deserved, by the way? But I get it. Your coach told you not to do it. Should he have done it? Probably not. But it, it, it proves a point. Not probably not. He shouldn't have done it. Dennis Allen told him not to do it. He shouldn't have done it. But that, that's not the point of where I'm going with this. What that touchdown did was not only give Jamal Williams a, his only score of the year after having 17 last year with Detroit. It gave the Saints the most points they have ever scored in the 110-game history of this rivalry. It was a tie for the second most lopsided victory to go the way of the black and gold. It wasn't approved by Dennis Allen. What's done is done. It's our exclamation point. Who cares what the Falcons think? They're the Falcons. They probably would do the same thing. And if they didn't, who cares? Who gives a damn? Their coach is fired. Oh, but no, no, no. Did you hear it? Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what this numbskull said? Listen to it. That's not who we are. That's not how we operate. Uh, we should have taken a knee. So um, I want to apologize to them. Um, because look, we're all like, it's, we got a good rivalry, um, and, it, and it's a heated rivalry, um, but there's a way we go about doing our business, and I wasn't happy about that. So other than that, okay, I was happy about a lot of things that happened in the game. I didn't like the way the game started. We busted a couple coverages, gave up a couple of explosive plays, which can't happen. Um, and we made some adjustments, and then we played better from there on out. I thought our offense was awesome. And, and I was proud of the way that our guys came out and responded, you know, really in a must-win situation. Yeah, could, you, could you clarify, like, what, what happened? We should have taken a knee right there. Um, you know, they asked me about getting Jamal a touchdown at the end. Um, I said I wanted to take a knee. We put victory out there. And, um, 
the guys kind of wanted to get him a touchdown, and they, they did that on their own. That's not that's not acceptable. So Arthur seemed pretty upset after. He should be. He should be. He should be. And that's what the on-field issue. That's what it was. Is that the quarterback's responsibility there? Look, I think it was. I think there was a lot of guys that wanted to get Jamal his touchdown. Um, and honestly, I'm not sure exactly what was going on behind that, but. Um, other than they wanted him to score a touchdown, so that changes everything. I mean, I mean everything. It changes everything. Who in the holy hell, wearing a Fleur de Lee, would ever apologize to the Atlanta Falcons or anyone wearing that ugly, stupid, dirty bird for scoring a touchdown? Arthur Smith should be upset. You know, you know why Arthur Smith should be upset? Arthur Smith should be upset because his teams went 7 and 10 three straight years and wasted the time of Atlanta Falcons fans. That's why Arthur Smith should be upset, not because he got his ass kicked in the last game he'll probably ever be a head coach. That's why Arthur Smith should be upset. You shouldn't give a damn why Arthur Smith is upset. And if somebody comes out to midfield and you go to shake their hand and they call you a little bitch and you don't have the team or someone backing you up because you should defend yourself and defend your organization, then that says everything I need to know. I mean, really, who lets this go? Listen to this. Again, this is the clip from CBS. This is after Arthur Smith had already said a couple of things. Now, again, I'm warning you, this is explicit language. I've already said a couple cuss words. This is worse. It's very short, but it's probably something kids shouldn't hear. Oh, and Arthur Smith's hot that Dennis Allen scored a touchdown at the end. He is hot. He said, what are you doing? And he's going at Dennis Allen. In case you missed what happened there, by the way, that was Andrew Catalan before that of CBS, the play-by-play guy. Who cares what he thinks either? But in case you missed there at the end there, that was Arthur Smith talking to Dennis Allen and Dennis Allen responding. That was Arthur Smith saying, that's fucking bullshit. And Dennis Allen saying, I understand that. That's not, you don't say, I understand that. That's not your response. If for no other reason, okay, if for no other earthly reason, you have the back of your players, no matter what happens in the public, You can go back there in the locker room with the doors closed and the cameras off and say any damn thing you want to say to them. Anything you want. They didn't let, again, ream Jameis' ass. Do whatever you want. But you don't go out there and say, I understand why you're upset. If he says what he says, you say, sorry, dude, we kicked your ass. Hope you find another job. Who cares what he thinks? You know who thinks poorly of you now, even more poorly than they thought of you before? Your players. 
Forget about the fans, your players. Because assuming Allen stays after all of this, if again, if administration ignores anything that anybody else wants outside of their own little offices on Airline Drive, assuming that's the case, Dennis Allen's got a real problem going into 2024. First off, beyond anything, I think Jameis let the cat out of the bag. He's a goner. Not, a, not that should be that big of a surprise. The Saints are in cap hell. I'm not talking about that usual cap hell, and I've explained this before on this show. They're, they're in cap hell like the summer of 2023 in New Orleans kind of cap hell. Remember when it was 98 degrees every day and we were burning up? They've already started restructuring contracts to make potential trades. Some big names are going to be cut on June 1st. That's when everything kind of changes and you get into the new year. Mickey Loomis is not going to spend $8 million on a backup quarterback that a head coach refuses to play. A, head, a, a, a guy that he refuses to play no matter how injured Derek Carr might be. He, he just refused to play him. And then he puts him in, and you know what? Jameis gave Dennis Allen a middle finger on the way out. Now, he had the backing of his teammates. He didn't just go in there and do it on his own. He had the backing of his teammates. They wanted to, uh, he says, and I believe him, I have no reason not to believe Jameis Winston, that all 11 players said, we want to give Jamal Williams a touchdown. We don't give a rat's ass what our coach thinks. Which points to his biggest, Dennis Allen's biggest problem. He has clearly zero, and I mean zero respect in the locker room. Could you imagine, even for one second, Sean Payton instructing his team to kneel on it? Quarterback goes in the huddle and says, you know what the hell with Payton? Let's get our guy a tutty. Could you even effing imagine? Could you imagine what the response would be? Even Jamal Williams would have said, nah, man, it ain't that important wouldn't happen but it happened to Dennis Allen and now the Saints have a big gigantic enormous monstrous problem they know the players don't respect their coach did they not know this before because if they didn't know it before they maybe they should check themselves too but they don't respect their coach a coach who lost his chance to get back the fan base with a four out of five stretch at the end of the season to finish nine and eight. First ever winning season in the dude's life. He finished nine and eight. First ever winning season. Maybe things are going in the right direction for this cat. Because I never, again, I didn't hear that on the air. I didn't, wasn't listening to that at the end. I found out later that he said that. And I'm sitting there thinking in my head, good for you, Dennis Allen. Go ahead with yourself. Stick it up their keisters. It's the Atlanta Falcons. We don't care whether they like us or not. They'd have done this again. I said this before. They probably would have done the same thing. This coach has lost his chance to get back the fan base. They were right there for the taking. They were hanging fruit. You have a great offseason. You, you've won four out of five. You beat the hell out of Tampa Bay. You even beat Atlanta 
Second worst loss for Atlanta against New Orleans in the history of this series that dates back to 1967. That's so long ago, I wasn't even born yet. Had the chance. Might seem obvious. One has to ask this question like I just said. Following what happened late Sunday afternoon, who out there? Is there anyone besides Dennis Allen, his wife and his family, is there anyone out there, and maybe some people in the staff because they know they're going to get fired too if he gets fired, is there anyone now who wants this guy to remain here? Like, even I was in his corner. Who could logically and legitimately think Dennis Allen has any realistic chance to be successful now here? I mean, realistically. If you don't have the respect of your players, what are you going to do? Fire all 54 of them and start a 52 or 58 or however many there are in the practice squad too? You're going to fire them all and start over? I mean, I wish I could be a fly on the wall at Cam Jordan's house or in Cam Jordan's car when he's talking to other people about this. You know what? I don't have to be. Go to his Twitter page. The first thing I see is him reposting a tweet from Rod Walker. Rod Walker's tweet says, Cesar Ruiz on Jamal's late TD. When you've got a guy like that who comes in and works his ass off every single day, day in and day out, and was the touchdown champion the year before, and he doesn't have one, I just wouldn't be able to go to sleep at night knowing I didn't get him one. That's Cam Jordan reposting Cesar Ruiz. Obviously, multiple people feeling this way, if not the whole damn team. Cam Jordan, before that, didn't repost. Well, he retweeted Madeline Adams, who interviewed Jameis Winston on the last touchdown. And I'm not going to, we don't need to play the clip here, but Jameis Winston basically smiled, laughed the whole time, and said, look, the guy deserved it. We all thought 11 guys in that huddle thought he deserved to score that touchdown. And it was apologizing to Dennis Allen, tongue-in-cheek. Apologized to Arthur Smith, very tongue-in-cheek. And Cam Jordan retweeted Madeline, Ab Madeline Adams of Fox 8, her tweet with the interview, and says, and he got my guy, Jamal Williams, a TD. Uplift a teammate, exclamation point. Jameis Winston, that's my teammate, double exclamation point. You don't need to know what the players are thinking because they're telling you what they're thinking. They're leaving nothing to interpretation that they don't respect their head coach and they don't give one rat's ass what he has to say. Does anyone in administration realize this? Did they need this moment to find this out? If they did, shame on them, first of all. But if they didn't, will Gail Benson ask this question to her most trusted confidants, Mickey Loomis and Dennis Lausha? If so, how will they respond? Do they care if no one else shares their beliefs? I don't know the answer. But I do know this, until Sunday at about 3.10 p.m., I thought there was 0.0% chance Dennis Allen would be fired, let go, whatever you want to call it. 
again, I'll say it again. Until 3.10 p.m. Sunday, I thought Allen had earned another season. And if you didn't hear me say this before, and I've said this not only in this show, I said this weeks ago. Next year is going to be ugly. Unless this administration pulls off some kind of salary cap, I'm not talking about the usual magicianship. I'm talking about some like David Copperfield crap. They're like 80-something million over, I think. Now, it's probably not as bad now because they restructured. I mean, Michael Thomas is going to be gone. Marshawn Lattimore is going to be gone. Don't, you, don't, I'm not being blasphemous. I mean, I don't think anybody wants Michael Thomas. Who gives a damn? But Marshawn Lattimore is going. There's an excellent chance that Alvin Kamara might go. Derek Carr is going to be restructured. He's not going anywhere. If you hate Derek Carr, too bad. I don't know who the backup quarterback is going to be next year. It might be Jake Hayner. You're not going to get anybody decent drafting 14th, which is where the Saints are right now. So I hope I'm wrong, but if they couldn't be better than 9-8 and eight this season with this record, if you keep this coach who you now know has zero respect in the locker room, what do you expect against a much tougher schedule next year? How much tougher, you ask? Here are the road games for the Saints. Remember how I told you multiple times this year this was a once-in-a-lifetime kind of easy schedule? I mean, by averages alone, you only play the 32nd easiest schedule every 32 years? Well, this is up there in the tougher ones. I don't know what the number is going to be, but it's tough. Besides, forget the division opponents. You know you play Atlanta, Carolina, Tampa Bay home and away. The other opponents, at Dallas, at Kansas City, at Los Angeles Chargers, at New York Giants, at Green Bay Packers again. If that's not hard enough, the commanders, we don't know what they'll be next year. They Okay, you get a breather. You get the Philadelphia Eagles at home. You get the improving Las Vegas Raiders at home. You get the Los Angeles Rams, who you couldn't beat this year, and you probably won't be able to beat them next year at home. You get the Cleveland Browns in the number one defense here at home. Oh, and by the way, you get Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos here at home, which will be a freaking circus. So your once-in-a-lifetime easy schedule, oh, yeah. That, that, nothing like that next year. I don't care. I said this before. I don't care if Vince Lombardi comes back from the dead. This team's not going to the playoffs next year. You know what kind of magic you would have to work to get this team to a nine-win season and a potential playoff berth? I don't care what the over-under win total is next year. If I had to guess, it's going to be somewhere around seven and a half. I will be running to the window in May or as soon as they release it. Whenever they release the win total, I will be running to the window or running to my phone to bet a mortgage payment on the under. Saints ain't winning seven games next year. So does this administration, where do they go? You can't, you can't keep status quo. You just can't. Not making a change would not only risk anarchy from the large chunk of the fan base. Can you imagine what the Dome's going to be like next year, except for maybe the Sean Payton game to cheer him? How embarrassing would that be, by the way? If they play the Denver Broncos and the fans show up to cheer Sean Payton, it's very possible. 
So not only making a change, like I said, risk anarchy, fan bases hating you, but quite possibly from the players themselves, the ones who are going to remain after this necessary purge. Not making a change now could plunge this franchise into a long, cold stretch that would remind many old enough to remember the end of the Ditka and Hazlitt eras. Hell, if you're as old as me, might send you back into the 1970s when this team had no chance. I mean, those of you who are old like me, remember 1978 and 1979, Archie Manning, offense was great. Defense stunk to high hell. They went, you thought 8-8 eight and eight was, like go, was like what most people teams feel like going 13-3. and three. They had a chance to go to the playoffs. Missed it on the last day. Exciting. That's not where this franchise should be right now. They're going the wrong way, and they're going the wrong way fast. So there it is, Mrs. Benson. I hope you hear me, Dennis Lausha. I hope you hear me, Mickey Loomis. Who that's everywhere. I hope you're at least open to the idea of change. At least have your minds open, unlike your mind when you hired Dennis Allen and you knew you were hiring Dennis Allen from the get-go. There isn't a single other coach on the planet that was realistically considered for the job of head coach of the New Orleans Saints before Dennis Allen was hired. Not a single coach. That's one thing. That was bad enough. But if you don't have an open mind now and realistically analyze what's going on with your team right now, there's a much bigger problem because this problem is not going to last for one season. If you don't make a change now, we're talking about years and years. We're talking about an abyss that this team could sink into. I'm not exaggerating. One moment showed us, maybe it was a good thing, that one moment by a guy that was going to be fired in eight hours, calling your coach a little bitch. He sat there and took it, and he didn't have anyone to back him up. Not a single person was there to back him up. Players didn't care. You know, instead, just the opposite. The players were on Twitter defending Jameis Winston when it was over. Good for you for handing the ball off. Good for you for ignoring your coach's wishes. That's Derry's Don. Look, it's obvious that Dennis Allen's a nice guy. There's no doubt in my mind he's a nice guy. But who in the hell wants a nice guy as their coach? How many nice guys win championships? Sure, it happens. But they better be some innovative and ingenious mofo. I mean, think about it. Even the ingenious mofos screw up. Did you watch the Buffalo-Miami game last night? The Dolphins couldn't have given that game away. They couldn't have put a Christmas bow around that game any more than they did. Mike McDaniel's a genius. They're fun to watch on hard knocks. Sometimes I don't think that, it, well, they're more fun to watch in the New Orleans Saints, I will say that. But you know who's not going to be fun to watch? I get off the, tr the topic for a moment. I don't think enough homework is done sometimes. And I know any GM on the planet would probably come on the show and basically blast me and tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. But 
Does anyone out there realistically think that there was a whole lot of homework done with Dennis Allen and what would happen? No. I get what they were trying to do. I'm not even like, I'm not lambasting them over that. I don't agree with what they did. I understand why they did it. They wanted to keep this team as close to status. They were blindsided by Sean Payton leaving. And they're like, what do we do? And in a panic or whatever. And I'm sure Gail Benson was a huge part of this because, again, loyal to a fault. Loyal to a fault. How many, how many years would they have to lose for them? Again, I don't want Mickey Loomis to go. I'm not advocating Mickey Loomis to go. I am obviously advocating Dennis Allen needs to go because of all the reasons that I just spent for the last half hour talking about. I don't advocate Mickey Loomis needs to go. But what would it take, do you think, for Mickey Loomis to go? What would he have to do to get fired? I mean, now we all know he would resign before he'd ever get fired. Dennis Lausch is a trusted confidant, the right hand of Gail Benson, the president of the New Orleans Saints, not going anywhere. If they went 2-15 and 15 the next two years, would Dennis Lausch and Mickey Loomis get fired? No, Mickey Loomis would resign. Dennis Lausch still wouldn't go anywhere. We get that. It's okay. But, but Dennis Allen, I mean, after this weekend, I mean, who could screw this up more? After a win. After four out of five wins. I was fooled, I guess. I'm on everybody else's side now. You know, I went from 0.0. .0. I still don't think they're going to do it. In the, in the end, after everything I've said, I just I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to make a change. I just hope that they sit there and realistically look at what happened yesterday. People do dumb things. It shows the, the door, the window was open. Somebody ripped the curtains down, and you could see everything that's behind the scenes. You can hate Jameis Winston all you want. You can hate anybody you want on this team, but the comments that I read from Cameron Jordan are telling. There is no more respected person in that locker room, I'm talking about coach, player, water boy, whatever, than Cameron Jordan. I mean, realistically... Honestly, besides Drew Brees and Ricky Jackson, would anyone, I mean, Cameron Jordan is right up there with Ricky Jackson. I'm right up there with Morton Anderson. All the great saints in history that have ever played for this team, there is 0.0, .0 question that Cam Jordan is in the top five. And I'm not just talking about how well he played, respected, what he's done for this community, who he is. And to read those comments on Twitter tells me everything I need to know if I didn't know it already. Mickey Loomis, wake up. Pay attention to what was said. Gail Benson, Mrs. Benson, go read those comments. Read, not just read the comments, read inside of the comments. Talk to Cameron Jordan. Talk to the players that you respect. How many of them are still left? This is not the same. This isn't Sean Payton's team anymore. But the problem is it's not Dennis Allen's team anymore either. Maybe it never was. It's no one's team. 
They're in limbo. They're floating around, going nowhere. Oh, man. You know, I was going to talk about a lot of other things today. I've spent the time that I wanted to spend. National championship game is tonight, Michigan and Washington. Who you got? I'm going to talk about it on Bayou Bets. So I guess I'll save my comments for that. Um, we got the NFL playoffs coming up. Well, again, Bayou Bets will be talking plenty about uh, my feelings on that. I want to get into the analysis. I'll start doing that actually probably tomorrow morning. I'll start uh, making my picks. I'll have my picks ready hopefully by Wednesday morning. But I felt like this show needed to be dedicated. And, you know, we're going into today, before the 3, 10 p.m., when I was thinking yesterday morning about what today's show would be about, win or lose, if they didn't go to the playoffs, oh, I'd probably spend 15, 20 minutes talking about the Saints. And if they won, it would be a mostly positive show and things that they need to change and trying to talk people off the ledge from hating Derek Carr and, you know, maybe Dennis Allen deserves a shot and all this stuff. And all, all changed. And then I was going to talk about the college football playoffs for five minutes, maybe even have a guest. It all changed. The window was open. I heard all I needed to hear. I saw all I needed to see to know that this man cannot lead this franchise, at least not successfully. He can lead it. If you want to keep paying him and bring him back, you're going to lose. Besides the players that you dump and you purge, there are other guys on this team that aren't going to be here mentally anymore. Do what you got to do. Do what you want to do. It's your team. I'm just telling you the perspective of what we're seeing out here. Trying to give you a glimpse into the soul of the Houdat. It's be a long offseason if you don't make any change. So as I go out today... Um, you know, I've used this song before. In fact, I might have used it last year when they finished the season. I don't remember when I used it. But uh, maybe not all the words. You know, I try to find words of a song that closely match to what I think is the mood of the moment. And so if you listen to all the words of the song, obviously the song itself from Loverboy is about a relationship. But he gets to the point where he just says, It's over. It's over. And that's kind of how I feel about the relationship with Dennis Allen. I'm not talking about the season. Of, of course, the season's over. But there, this era is over. This whole era is over. If there was any doubt left behind to whether the Sean Payton era could exist through someone else, it can't. It's over. That's where we are. I hope... Uh, I hope I, I am heard. And uh, you know what? I apologize to some of the hoodats who... If I wasn't on your side before, I get that. But uh, it's where we are. All right, well, we'll be back on Friday with Larry Holder. Um, we're going to be talking about the NFL playoffs. I will, I, of course, we'll spend at least 15 minutes picking his brain about what he thinks about the Dennis Allen situation. I can tell you right now that Larry won't be, feel as strongly as I do. He's not going to come out and say that. That's not who he is. I don't think anyway. I mean, I don't want to put words into his mouth, but I doubt it. But we'll certainly be talking about this more, but there's no question as well. Six playoff games beginning on Saturday, two on Saturday, three on Sunday, one on Monday. 
We'll talk about all those things. And then, again, this afternoon on Bayou Bets at 4 o'clock, we will be talking about the national championship game. I'll give you my prediction. I'll have Spencer the Guru on with me. And uh, we'll have a week full of shows. Trust me. I had to get it out. Hope you're with me. I hope you're with me when it's over. Talk to you soon. Peace and love, my friends.